Ladies and gentlemen, we are alive and well. Welcome to Food Radio. Welcome to Wisdom in the Arts. We're back. We survived. We're out here, living our best life. Um, my name is Dylan Duke. I'll be your host this evening. Uh, this week, we will be talking about the recent abuse news in the Catholic Church and uh, what that means and what that means in society, what that means as people within the church. It's going to be a very interesting episode, uh, one that I wish I didn't have to do, especially being the first episode back, but, um, you know, here we are. Anyways, let's plug where you can receive the podcast. Of course, we are broadcasting live through CoogRadio.com and the Radio FX app. We are also broadcasting live uh, as a general policy. I don't know where that sentence was going, but here we go. Uh, We're on the Apple Podcast app. We are also on the podcast.com and we're on facebook.com slash wisdom in the arts and that's all the plugs yeah i'm not sure if it's just because it's a tuesday night instead of a wednesday afternoon that we're broadcasting but i'm a little bit out of sync so anyways this might be um a, a little bit rough at first you know trying to get back we also got some new equipment very excited for it but it is kind of weird to you know work with stuff that i haven't worked with before but I think that that doesn't matter because here we are, we are living our best life. Uh, second time I've said that so far, but here we go. All right, uh, Wisdom in the Arts episode 19, A Wounded Church. Now, I can speak wholeheartedly and say that there is no excusing um, what has happened. There's no reason for it, there's no excuse, there's not any way that people can even begin to justify um, everything that's happened and all the news that has appeared um, even since, you know, 2002. Like, that was a big enough scandal uh, that, you know, left a lot of people hurt, and rightfully so. But I think that this is just... It's so widespread, and it was just unbelievable, everything that uh, is coming out now. And I'm very thankful that you know, these stories are coming out that these people are brave enough to to give their testimony and uh, it is honestly such horrible news that, you know, to be the messenger of that is, is a big pressure. I can't imagine what people had to go through in order for this, you know, this reality to be uh, wide known and not just someone's own perspective. So first off, Thank you to everybody who is making uh, this known, whether that be the grand jury, uh, the, the grand jury that investigated this, whether that be um, the attorneys, whether that be you know the people who gave testimonies, everybody who stepped forward to make this nightmare known and hopefully stopped at least for the time being. Thank you if you are listening. Um, I think that the next thing that. Uh, is necessary to talk about with this is that is that you know this is something that unfortunately has happened before and it's something that you know um, will probably happen again just because of the human condition which I will touch on more later during this show but something that I really took away from the summer uh, I was back at Camp Hidden Lake where I call home and where I met a lot of lovely people. A part of part of being there is that you have to get trained uh, around safe environment and have to get trained around virtues as well. That's just that way that you can work at a camp with kids and 
part of that training is that you have to watch uh, this video that is very tough to watch. Not because it's you know bad quality or whatever, just because the content itself kind of makes you sick. It makes you disgusted that you know this would even happen, and excuse me, uh, it makes you disgusted that this would even happen. And to know that this was happening at such an issue, like this is this is not one bad apple. Like this is a whole, it's a whole bunch, and. Um, it doesn't reflect well on really anybody. Uh, nobody gains uh, from this hurt and from all of what's going on here. But anyways, uh, to go back to what I was saying, uh, something that 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 the video kind of showed is that um, is that you know these these people are 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 real, and I guess I never really thought about it that way. I just thought it was this. Like I knew that they were real events, but to hear the actual eyewitness accounts and to, you know, to hear people talk about it, it's rough and it's brutal. <laughs> and I just, there's a lot of emotions in there. And I think that if you are somebody who, um, who has been following this, especially if you are Catholic, it is very, very, very emotional. And it's justified to be angry and upset and whatever emotions you are feeling. The first clip of a video I want to play this evening, I think I got three. Yeah, I got three videos that I want to play at least clips of. Uh, this is from uh, Father Mike Schmitz. He is a pretty well-known priest uh, in, in the youth, uh, I guess, congregation of the Catholic Church. And he's talking about, um, he's talking about what exactly people have wanted him to talk about uh oh boy okay i'm good <laughs> all right anyways here's father mike schmitz no that you priests are as angry and upset about this as we are and i can't tell you how that just like struck me because i'm like i just assumed that you assumed that i would be right i just assumed that you assumed that all priests and all bishops would be like what the you know just like i mean I realize the gap, right, between the gap of trust that's between um, a lot of people and the church when they have to be told that, oh, the horror you experience when you heard some of these stories is the horror that your priest and your bishop feels. But if that's the question, then here's the answer. As I said earlier, I had never imagined and I could never <sighs> fathom the level of pain these kids went through and and this turning a blind eye that had happened in the church for years. It's like we'll shuffle around and I know there's a bunch of there's a bunch of reasons that you know well maybe they thought this and this and this at the time. I don't care. I don't care what I'm talking about right now is a willingness to compromise and a will, an unwillingness to be courageous when it comes to, when it came to brother priests, when it came to bishops. It's terrible. But here's something I want to also say, because the next thing of people who are saying, like, well, we just want you to know that you're as angry as us. I'm like, I can't convey to you how angry I am. 
That's some pretty powerful stuff from a very well-spoken man, I should say. Uh, definitely recommend checking out any one of his speeches or homilies, whatever. But I think to hear that from a priest is very, is very conflicting because I really 100% want to believe him. And I do believe him about how, you know, people are disgusted by this and priests outside of the people that are guilty of this, they are very much disgusted by it. But at the same time, um, there is that sense of like, oh, well, you know, he's a priest just like, you know, all these priests that have been um, found guilty in Pennsylvania and all the priests that were found guilty in Boston. And, you know, it, it, it is hard. It's hard to realize the humanity of the situation. Because I think that for me, uh, you know, growing up Catholic, I definitely painted my priest as this superhero. I'll never, you know, Father Jim, Father Larry, like I've been blessed by a lot of really great holy men in my life. Father JP, like just so many wonderful men that I've had a chance to grow up with. But it is kind of this realization of like, they're human too. And that doesn't at all justify what they did because nothing ever can and nothing ever will. But there is that sense of we lose the perspective of they're human too just because they are you know somebody who's in theory dedicated their life to the lord and is following whatever that might mean and as much as i really want to be positive and to try and tell a joke right now like i just i can't because this is just the nature of it like i think that I think that the fact of the matter is that we kind of have to talk about this sort of stuff and like we have to realize that you know the only way that things are going to get different is if we talk about it and be very very upfront about the situation that's going on right now that being said you know i think that a lot of examination needs to be done i think that a lot of self-examination examination of diocese examination of everything uh should be done because you know i hope in an in an optimistic world i would think that this is an isolated incident but it's not and that's just the reality of it i think that the most the most frustrating part to me about this is that um it's with it's with you know children it's with you know, teenagers. It's with people who were entering into seminary. The phrase that uh, Pope Francis used was that we have disappointed the little ones. And I think that that is a really accurate, you know, true way to put it is that, you know, we disappointed and hurt and let this happen to the most innocent people in the world. And they have to carry this with them forever now. And it's with somebody that they trusted, somebody that community's trust and whoo okay <laughs> you know um i guess that what i'm really trying to say in this portion is that it is good that we are feeling so disappointed and mad and upset because otherwise we would be oblivious to the human condition and we would be ignorant of our fellow you know brothers and sisters doesn't matter which denomination they are but 
again, we're going to have to re-examine, you know, how we feel about people in our lives. And that's something that I kind of want to talk about in the next segment. But I'm going to play a song because I don't want to get too uh, steamed up about this. So here is an artist. Oh, yay. Now I can talk about happy things for 30 seconds before I play this song. Uh, the first song I played uh, in the very first season of Wisdom in the Arts was Break Gone Through to the Other Side by The Doors, uh, a legendary rock band, probably their best song if you ask me. But I was thinking about, you know, what I was going to do for the first song of this season because, you know, New Year, New Me. And I was trying to think all cute with it. I was like, oh, I should play another Doors song, just play one or whatever. And then I kind of realized, like, no, like, I just need to play songs that I like and artists that I like. So here is uh, my favorite song from one of my favorite artists. It was He was my favorite artist for a long time. But, uh, you know, as you discover more music, uh, rankings change. But anyways, here is Jimi Hendrix with All Along the Watchtower. podcast broadcasting live through coogradio.com that was the legend himself seattle's own Jimi hendrix what a what an artist i love him yeah he's great and even though that is a cover of a bob dylan song and there's definitely better covers of that song i believe i just i really like that version of um of the song anyways so we are talking about uh the recent abuse news in the catholic church and what that means and kind of expressed you know like it's good that we, you know, feel so disgusted and sick and mad about everything that's been going on in the church. Uh, I kind of said, you know, we need to re-examine uh, everything that's been going on. And something that Father Mike Schmidt said was that, you know, there exists this gap of trust and there exists this sense of, you know, there is this like bridge that's been torn down because of what's been happening. I think that in society, something very similar to that, regardless of your uh, spiritual beliefs, is when the entire Me Too movement happened around a year ago about how, you know, there were these people that we loved and thought <laughs> thought of the world, like thought the world of, whether it be Kevin Spacey, whether it be Louis C.K., whether it be whatever, um, 
having this news brought upon us that you know there there's been reported incidents and and in some of the most horrible cases years and years of you know molestation and attempted rape and everything that's been going on i feel like we were all kind of kind of thrown for a loop because you know these are people that we trust in people that we you know watched on tvs and the movie theaters and everything like that uh the second clip that i'm going to play uh this is from the today show morning broadcast right after matt lauer uh had been uh let go by nbc after the news came out that he was uh part of this large spread problem going on in the entertainment industry uh this is I loved it the first time I saw it because I think it was such a beautiful, perfect response. And I think that it applies to this situation too. This is spoken by Savannah Guthrie, who was a <laughs> who was a White House correspondent for NBC Nightly News. I think she's one of the best reporters um, or just general TV um, host in the game right now. That's probably one of the nerdiest things I've said. <laughs> I got my journalist power rankings, but anyways... Um, this is the Today Show on November 29th, 2017. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today. And Hoda's here with me this morning because this is a sad morning here at Today and at NBC News. Just moments ago, NBC News Chairman Andy Lapp sent the following note to our organization. Dear colleagues, on Monday night, we received a detailed complaint from a colleague about inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace by Matt Lauer. It represented, after serious review, a clear violation of our company's standards. As a result, we have decided to terminate his employment. While it is the first complaint about his behavior in the over 20 years he has been at NBC News, we were also presented with reason to believe this may not have been an isolated incident. Our highest priority is to create a workplace environment where everyone feels safe and protected, and to ensure that any actions that run counter to our core values are met with consequences, no matter who the offender. We are deeply saddened by this turn of events, but we will face it together as a news organization and do it in as transparent a manner as we can. That is the statement from our chairman, Andy Lack, and we just learned this moments ago, just this morning. As I'm sure you can imagine, we are devastated, and we are still processing all of this. And I will tell you right now, we do not know more than what I just shared with you, but we will be covering this story as reporters, as journalists. I'm sure we will be learning more details in the hours and days to come, and we promise we will share that with you. Mm -hmm. And Hoda, I mean, you know, for the moment, all we can say is that we are heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for Matt. He is my dear, dear friend and my partner, and he is beloved by many, many people here. And I'm heartbroken for the brave colleague who came forward to tell her story and any other women who have their own stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And we are grappling with a dilemma that so many people have faced these past few weeks. How do you reconcile your love for someone with the revelation that they have behaved badly? Mm -hmm. And I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that this reckoning that so many organizations have been going through is important. It's long overdue. And it must result in workplaces where all women, all people, mm -hmm. feel safe and respected. As painful as it is this moment in our culture and this change had to happen. Savannah Guthrie. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just, it had to happen. It really did. And unfortunately, this had to happen in Pennsylvania. 
there's no way around it. There's no way we could kind of, you know, like the band-aid just had to be ripped off and this had to be uh, known. And it is tough. It's tough, very tough, uh, as she said, to kind of reconcile, you know, these are people that I trusted. Like, you know, these are priests that, you know, I grew up with. Not me personally, but for those who are in the diocese, you know, these are people that I grew up with. These are, you know, priests that I trust implicitly and to have that shattered, it's, it's a lot. I think for me, the Me Too movement um, was very much a revelation that, you know, even, even famous people uh, have skeletons of the closet even you know famous people have struggles even famous people deal with temptations that aren't morally okay at all and i think that this is the same thing going on with the pennsylvania sex abuse scandal you know as much as i want to deny it and don't want to believe it you know this is a reality and these priests that have committed such horrible things they are people too and just because they you know, went to seminary just because they did whatever, that doesn't take away their humanity. And if anything, it bolsters it because they uh, they are, are under such pressure from all different sources. I think that, I think that as people, as people in a society, as spiritual people, Whichever you want to classify yourself under, there is no denying the fact that this is very disappointing and very heartbreaking. And at the same time, you know, this isn't the most surprising thing, you know. If, if you know what's going on and you know people, you know that this is, this is not... This is unexpected, but it's not impossible. And I think that that's something that I really want to emphasize in this podcast and this whatever is that is that human beings are flawed. And again, 100% not trying to justify anything that happened. Never, you never can. There's no excuse for it. There's no reason for it. I, it's disgusting. But... The fact is, is that people are flawed and yes, it is very easy to point, you know, at this situation in the news and be, oh my gosh, how could they? They're so, you know, disgusting and gross and I'm so mad by this. And yes, like we should, but at the same time, you know, realizing that they aren't the only ones that have flaws, that have, you know, baggage, that have temptations realizing that other people aren't perfect is not a pessimistic view on the world that's not a that's not a disappointing way to look at the people around you that's just a fact that doesn't mean however that we lose optimism and that we choose to see the bad in others before we see the good I just think that, in general, we should recognize that each person, regardless of their vocation, of their job, of their salary, of their fame, of, you know, gender, whatever you want to say, that 
they're they do not lose their humanity once they reach a certain level because nothing can take that away and with humanity as beautiful as it is and, a, and as beautiful as a human experience is there there comes flaws and there comes a lot of mistakes and, and there comes a lot of hurt when talking about you know people being upset by this there there are a lot of people who you know are, are encouraging people to leave uh, their faith and um, I cannot personally say yes or no just because this is a publicly funded uh, broadcast and we cannot say you know Coog Radio stands by this or I stand by this um, but I feel like if you know me you know where I'm at <laughs> but uh, I'll just say this um, the the history of the church is led by humans ever since you know you can say the apostles you could say you know the crusades you could say whatever not saying that those are inherently great good things uh that every person in the church is a great good person we know now and we should have known a long time ago that that's just not the case but the fact is that the church is led and grown at the same time destroyed and shrinked by the people within it but that doesn't mean anything when it comes to the reason why we have it sorry that sentence is a little bit uh convoluted but i'm gonna rephrase it because i didn't like the way it sounded <laughs> and i didn't like the way it sounded welcome to live radio um i think that there needs to be a distinction between yes these are the people of the church whom i love very much they could be priests they could be youth ministers they can be popes they can be bishops they can be saints but those people are not what makes the catholic faith the catholic faith as wonderful and as great as leaders have been and as many saints and whatever it may be as as many of those that that we have had and we've been blessed by they do not add anything to the main reason why the catholic church is still around today and it is very disappointing to see and hear news about people in the catholic church doing the opposite and destroying it and hurting people within it and using it for their own advantage and their own selfish reasons but that doesn't take away what makes the Catholic Church the Catholic Church. And that might seem irrational to some, that might seem kind of delusional, but I know that because the Catholic Church is a human institution, it's flawed, and it has wounds, and it has bruises, and sometimes you're disappointed in it, and sometimes you just are disgusted by it. But that does not mean that there is not good within it. And that does not mean that there is not hope within it. Last year, I did a podcast um, all about hope with my friend Erica. Um, and it was really good. Uh, it's not in the archives because the data got lost amongst whatever was happening with our equipment. But something that um, 
I realized like as we were talking was that was that hope is a very identifiable thing that and that it is very is very warm and very comforting to grab onto and I think that that's what we need to do here in, in this exact situation you know as hard as it might be and as difficult as it might be to see light and to see hope in this situation, um, it's out there somewhere. It's different for you than it is to me. And we, we just got to find it and cling to it. And that's, I think, all I can say about how I feel about it. Um, and yeah it again i don't i really don't want to talk about this like i'm disappointed that this is the first podcast i have to have in this new season like i'm very disappointed that you know people were coming to me and being like oh what do you think about this what do you think about that like i don't i do not want to talk about how incredibly disappointed i am in in the church but i do realize that you know, this is a momentary light affliction. And as, as much as it might hurt, and as disappointed as I am, and as disgusted and angry I am, I know that A, it's nothing compared to what um, the victims had to go through, and B, that that does not change the inherent truths and, and inherent good that I have placed my beliefs in. Cool. Thank you for hearing me out on this. Um, let, let's listen to somebody else talk for a little bit. This is Bishop Robert Barron. Uh, sorry, Bishop Robert Barron. That's his name. And I just really liked what he said in this moment. So we're going to play it what we can do here in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to ask you about how important it is to keep the focus on the victims of these egregious crimes and to, to call them what they are. They're not just boundary violations. You know, there's something more specific and serious. Talk about that need. Yeah, I think that was actually a helpful thing in the Pennsylvania report is that they, they did away with a lot of those euphemisms and they named what was going on, which was a great criminal act the sexual uh, abuse of children and of young people, the sexual assault of, of uh, human beings. And so I think we, we shouldn't play uh, word games and we shouldn't uh, cover up. We should say what these things are. Terrible crimes were committed and crimes committed by people who were dedicated to, uh, to Christ and to the church and were meant to uh, embody the presence of, of Jesus in the world, which made those crimes uh, that much greater, that much more destructive, physically, psychologically, spiritually. Um, you know, the, the lives that were shattered by these acts, uh, maybe 50 years ago, people didn't quite understand that. If we don't understand it now, we're blind, deaf, and stupid, right? That lives were, were shattered, broken, destroyed by these acts. So I think it is important for us to name them as crimes, as crimes of sexual assault and sexual violence. Mr. Robert Barron, thank you for being on the podcast. I wish he was in front of me. What a guy. But, um, yeah, I think that he, uh, he 
uh, leads into what I want to close this topic with um, that, you know, let's be upfront with this. This is not good. This is criminal. This is disgusting. This is gross. It doesn't matter who it is. Unfortunately, it is people that um, we trusted, but it is what it is. It's disgusting and gross. And let's be upfront with it. And let's, let's just go into this knowing that it might get worse, but that, you know, there is hope, whatever it may be that's out there. And to have, you know, above all else to have these victims in mind and whether that means to pray for them, to, to listen to them, to whatever it may be, um, I think that that is the crucial thing. We can't get lost in the controversy and the news of this and we get, become so satisfied or obsessed with the investigations and the numbers and everything like that. Like we can't lose the same way that we can't lose the humanity in, in priests and celebrities. We can't lose the humanity in the victims either. We can't just think of them as a number and that's it. We have to listen to them and hear them. And although that might never take away the incredible destruction and incredible amount of distrust that is in their hearts, like Bishop Robert Barron said, you know, these these lives and hearts are shattered beyond human repair. We can still listen and we can still be there for them. Whatever that means, because they need it. I cannot imagine. So just be there for those hurt and don't lose the humanity. Don't lose sight of humanity in either the people that we trust or the people that have been hurt or human institutions as a whole. Okay, I have a little bit more to say, not about this topic, but I have, I have a little bit more to say just about the future of the show and other things, and I'm really excited to get to it. So, a quick song before we get to it though. Uh, I think that this is, uh, this is a song that came up uh, when I was talking to somebody about this song that I think really goes into the fact that, you know, humans are still human no matter what is going on. Uh, this is Five for Fighting with Superman, It's Not Easy.
Hi, everybody, and everybody. Welcome back to the Wisdom in the Arts podcast, uh, broadcasting live through GoogRadio.com. That was Superman. It's not easy by Fire Providing. Things I need to talk about before we move on. Um, we are at a new time. We are at Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, which means we are now on quote-unquote adult time, according to the FCC, which means we can play music whatever I want, which is great. Uh, I'm not going to try and find the most explicit song I can play and play it because uh, Freedom To or Freedom From, you should listen to my first episode of this podcast, but um, know that you know if you hear a word that or you know something that might you might get worried I lose my job or whatever, don't be because we are now on uh, quote unquote adult time according to FCC. Uh, and again, I'm not going to try and like find, you know, the splits of songs to play just to play them. But uh, I just want to give a heads up and it gives me a lot more freedom in terms of the songs that I actually want to play in here. So get ready for that. Also, uh, what is this podcast season going to look like? Um, I had a lot of lessons learned uh, the for first two seasons last year here uh, at Coog Radio. And... I think that's something that I really liked doing uh, was playing shows with just music. That could be uh, when I do my best of this insert year here and I play my favorite songs from that year and talk about music in general that year or whether it be, you know, oh, here's songs I like to study to or whatever that might be. I did find, however, that the ones that I enjoyed more were ones that I planned ahead of time and not a oh, I don't have a show planned for this week. I'm just going to put um, put together a playlist and put it on the air. So what we are doing is that we are going to do Second Tuesday Tunes. Yeah. Second Tuesday of every month, we are doing a whole show of music. Uh, just play uh, music that fits whatever mood or whatever topic or, or theme that I'm going for. Uh, next week is going to be the second Tuesday of the month, which means that is the first second Tuesday tune, and that is going to be camp songs. These are songs that I listened to or heard or played this summer uh, with my homies, and it's going to be a really good time. I'm really excited. Uh, I heard a lot of good music. I re-listened and rediscovered a lot of music that I uh, forgot about, and I'm going to play them. It's going to be really good. So please come back here next week, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, on Tuesday for some good music. Uh, I want to be more productive when it comes to editing the podcast. Like, I edited the last two episodes that I had on my laptop and uploaded them a week ago, I think. So uh, those were broadcast in April, so I definitely want to be better about that. Uh, now that we are all on Tuesdays and now that I you know, know how to edit and everything like that, the goal is to have them up and ready to go by Friday uh, after the Tuesday of whatever show we're going on. So I'm going to try and hold myself to that, but just a heads up. And, and of course, those go on podcast.com and the Apple Podcast app. Uh, finally, I want to do more episodes uh, on less so ideas, but more what's in the news. So for example, you know, this week was about the abuse scandals going on in Pennsylvania, but at I also wanted to do more episodes about things that need to be talked about. Like I did an episode about Logan Paul uh, last year that I really, really liked. Um, I want to do an episode about not 
inherently very serious topics, but just things and ideas that we see in the news. Because I think that that's how we digest and that's how we kind of think about it and chew and chew on it is through conversation and everything like that. Also, because we are at a later time, we're gonna have more guests in and it's gonna be awesome. I already have the first one in, it's gonna be really good. I'm excited, oh my gosh. Uh, yes, thank you for listening to this episode, whether, um, whether that be live or the uh, podcast version later. I really love doing this. I'm very excited to be back and it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really, really good. Um, I got one more thing that I wanna talk about before we wrap up the show, but let's just go ahead and uh, do the normal wrap up and then we'll get to whatever I'm gonna do. So Wisdom in the Arts is broadcast live through coogradio.com at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can also find us on the Radio FX app. We are on podcast.com and the Apple Podcast app, as well as facebook.com slash wisdom in the arts to follow uh, updates and all that goodness. So, all right. Um, I would be remiss. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but we're going to roll, roll with it. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about... Um, one of uh, the most loyal listeners to the show and uh, a family member, uh, Granny B, uh, she passed away this summer. Um, I'm not going to give her whole life story just because technically my show is supposed to be over in four minutes as well as uh, I, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, give that to everybody. So what I will tell you is I'm just going to give you a quick, um, just a quick story about um, who she was as a person. Uh, she was um, a incredible woman, incredible grandmother. Um, but I think that's something that I mostly associate her with is Harry Potter because uh, she took myself and my brother uh, to go see Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is the fourth movie in the Harry Potter series. And she had never seen one before that. So uh, she took us to go see it because she knew that we were excited for it. And so then she saw it and she was like, that was amazing. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, and so then, you know, Harry Potter became our thing. And uh, we watched um, the first three movies uh, later on. And like, that was our thing was to go see the new Harry Potter movie when it came out in theaters, and then we saw everyone after that, Order of Phoenix, Hotbud Prince, and then um, the two-part series of Deathly Hollows, and that was just our thing, and that's, you know, what we talked about, and it was really, it was really cool, it was really cool. Um, later on, uh, I had the chance to go to Harry Potter World in Orlando, which if you have a chance to go, go, because it's honestly magical, truly. And uh, I got her the Elder Wand, if you don't know what that is. Uh, it's a very important item in the, in, the, in the series, and it's a wand. So that's why it's called the Elder Wand. And uh, I gave it to her, and she was you know, very gracious of it and everything like that. Um, years later down the line, uh, I'm talking to her on the phone, my first semester in college, and uh, we're saying goodbye to each other. And then she says... Um, 
she says, you know, Dylan, I want you to know that like I love you and that every morning uh, I hold the one you gave me and I pray for you. And that just, whew, um, yes. She, like that is a great example of who she was. She's very caring, very, um, very much looking out for others and was very blessed to have her in my life as long as I did. And very blessed to have her in uh, the entire family's life and all of her neighbors and everything like that. So yes, she was uh, one of the very first uh, supporters of the show. I was very excited to tune in. She told me like, I, I may not understand or like the music that you play, but uh, <laughs> your talking's nice. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Granny V. Uh, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, yeah, so she just rocked, and she is doing a lot better now, and I'm very excited uh, to talk about Harry Potter with her later in life. But that is for another time. Um, the song that I'm going to play to close... Um, the podcast out is um, Elvis um, Elvis Presley Battle Hymn of the Republic. Uh, this is her favorite song, and Elvis was her favorite man. I I don't I don't blame I don't blame her. <laughs> um, yes. So they, thank you for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we're back next week. It's gonna be a lot happier. It's gonna be it's gonna be so much more happier. It's gonna be a lot of good music. I can't wait for y'all to listen. Uh, thank you for listening now, and we will see you next week. This is um, Elvis uh, Elvis Presley with um, Battle Hymn, Hell the Republic. Oh, I wish I was in a land of cotton. Old times are long, not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, big sailor. Second, fellas.
hush. 